This is Entitled Town. A thank you to Al. The Rictator is on vacation because, unfortunately, there may be some negativity in this town tonight, and it sucks. The only thing that spun in last weekend was the Patriots' chances of advancing out of the wildcard round. We're not going to insult anyone's intelligence. The 47-17 to 17 final was a completely indicative of the ass-kicking the Bills laid on the Patriots. Dan, since we're only going to lightly broach this game, um, I'll ask you for your thoughts. Well, I like my games lightly broached, but with a good sear. <laughs> there, there's no sugarcoating it. They, they got walloped. I mean, I, I was wrong. I did not think that the Bills could throw another perfect game like that. I mean, silly me. I hear I thought that one of the best defenses in the league could force a, a punt or two. Um, going in the quarters, knock on the yeah. Bills was that was what's that? Over eight quarters. Yeah. Yeah. The knock on the Bills was that they're soft going in and they proved they weren't. The knock on Allen was that he wasn't accurate or patient and he was. Um, he, he played MVP level ball Saturday night. If he could play like that against teams that aren't the Patriots, I think they're going to be the toughest out remaining. I mean, we, we talk about teams that win the Super Bowl are the ones that play their best ball at the right time. And I think that's the bills right now. Um, one of the thing with that, Mike Lombardi made a good point in his podcast. He said that um, Brian Dayball was attacking the Patriots lack of speed on defense by making them def defend the width of the field. And I thought that was, that was right on. So that can lead into what the off season moves that they'll have to make. No, I agree. And you know, you got to, sometimes you tip your cap to the opposition, Mike on route one, Josh Allen is improved markedly over his first couple of years in the league. He's not the same player. He was his rookie year. He looked lost his rookie year. He was a turnover machine. So let's, let's compare you know, Josh Allen improved. Mac Jones had a pretty damn good rookie year, and the media has tipped their hands for the talking points from now until training camp. Um, Tom Curran comparing him to Andy Dalton, asking if the Patriots should still draft Mac at 15 instead of Micah Parsons. <clears throat> Micah Parsons went at number 12, the Dallas, but be that as it may, that won't stop the takes machine. You're the vocally, the most vocally bullish on this podcast of people who are bullish on Mac. The media lunacy surrounding Mac Jones, uh, entitled Tom Bingo Scartelli, the gaslighting regarding Mac Jones, Mike, is 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 really something to behold. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I, I had a thought a while ago, and I'm I'm plagiarizing myself as we always do here, I guess. But you know, the media spent uh, the, the after Brady left, telling the fans they would have to get used to having a quarterback who is not Tom Brady, and I think the fans responded pretty well um, post Cam Newton to the idea that they had this really good young quarterback who was going to make mistakes, but also looked to be uh, looked the part of a, of a really good NFL quarterback. And uh, he stumbled a bit at the beginning and then played lights out for a bit. And, um, and then kind of stopped playing so well in December. And then that immediately uh, gave the media license to uh, re kind of reevaluate who he is a, a, as a player. And uh, so then it, it has sense. I think we need, we, I think we need like a, a, a schoolhouse rock um, thing of, of I'm just the take and how, the, how a take become becomes fact, conventional wisdom. That's kind of what it feels like is what's happening now. And there, again, you're right. It is gaslighting. They're trying to gaslight people into thinking what they saw 
for large chunks of the season was not, um, you know, was not a really good quarterback who was a rookie who's going to have growing pains. And I thought these last two games, he showed up, he made you know, some pretty good, pretty poor passes. He made a couple bad interceptions, mm-hmm. but I thought I, I didn't watch the second half of the game. Um, Saturday night, I was the first game I've ever turned off. Uh, I couldn't. Um, so I went to see a dead body. <laughs> and it, wasn't, it wasn't Matt Judon. It was, I watched actually watched Stand By Me. Your um, guy, your daily is Judon. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, yes, it, 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 I thought he under duress in a, in horrible weather, um, you know, with everything against them, with their ears pinned back, I thought he held up pretty well. He looked pretty, he looked pretty good. And my takeaway, my, my lasting memory will be from the game of him on the sidelines. I'm going to each guy like that. And I'm like, yep, yep. that's, that's the leader. That's, that's the guy. He is the guy. And if I wasn't sure before, and I was, I'm, I, I just love that even more. So yeah, but they, they need, they need a, a scapegoat and, and Kern is leading it. And it's, it's just fucking ridiculous. I mean, screw him. This it really is disheartening. If if you watched that game on Saturday night and you thought Mac Jones was the fucking problem, I mean turn turn off your radio and then turn it off again. He wasn't the problem. I'd like to point out we're going to discuss over the course of the next couple of weeks, including on this podcast, the 2001 Patriots. The 2001 Patriots scored three offensive touchdowns in the entire 2001 postseason, and God forbid one of those drives was led by the cerebral statue John's guy Drew Bledsoe. But let me throw it to uh, to Scartelli next. Scartelli, is there anyone left to root for in the playoffs, or is it just the least distasteful option? Oh, boy. Well, let's see. You've uh, got the Bills, which would be nice if it was in the mid-'90s and you're still in the mindset that I'm going to root for the AFC team because – the Patriots are in the AFC and the NFC wins all the games. So I'm going to, I'm going to root for them. And that didn't work out so well. And you'd see the yo-yo in your neighborhood walking around with his, you know, he's got the Redskins jacket. Now he's got the Cowboys jacket. And then he's got the 49ers jacket. And that kid's name, Burt Breer. I was going to say, that sounds like Burt Breer. (laughs) Oh no. It's it's, but uh, there's, there's, I guess the Titans. We can always, you know, remember the Titans, I suppose, when it comes to things like this, that they're not the, everyone likes, everyone likes the Titans or something, I guess we've got, we've got uh, coach Vrabes. We like him. What about Tommy Scarzi? Tommy? Oh, that'd be just great. That'd be just great. Maybe we can get a whole nother few documentaries out of this i think that would be just <laughs> great the man in the slightly different arena <laughs> he's becoming the, man in the tampa arena oh boy my good because you know things just don't work out for that guy i really you know, i really need him to retire for my mental health i think after this hopefully they go not as a winner like you know the rumors are kind of starting i guess wicker sham floated it um I heard someone else mention it too. So I kind of hope that there's some truth in that. And I hope he's gone. I hope they, I hope they don't, if they don't win it, I'll, that'll be great. And he goes, it'll be better for my mental health. I think at least. I think Tommy 2.0, like if the check clears, he'll show up at the opening of a wound at this point, And it's getting a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> John, um, how's your media blackout going? Well, it's not as good as it should be because I felt an obligation to check in on this shit with, with the podcast looming. I felt that I needed to at least be somewhat in tune with the horrific takes that are, that are kind of out there. You mentioned current already, which I think is like, 
it, it may be the most insidious because Kern still has a degree of respect. I think even a begrudging degree of respect among some of the folks on this podcast for his past usefulness. Uh, but it's completely, it's completely gone away. And he, because of that lingering degree of respect, I think he may be about as bad as they get in Boston media. Nobody trusts what a Ben Volan says or a Chris Gasper says, but Curran still has that slight degree of credibility. But when he's putting out garbage like this Micah Parsons thing, I mean, come on, you know, they are absolutely just ramping up the, the kind of the awful straw men for us to endure for months until and beyond the draft and the draft, you know, draft season, mock draft season is upon us. So, um, you know, it's, I had a much better, much better luck with my media blackout after Super Bowl 42. I did a 30 day cleanse of ESPN. Uh, I think people tell me that Peyton Manning was in commercials uh, and Eli Manning was in commercials with him after that game. I still, to this day, have not seen any of those commercials. I'm very proud of that. So um, it's, it's not as good as I'd like it to be, Mike. Uh, you know, to, to Mike on Route One's point about mental health, um, staying away from the hot takes and blocking these idiots is probably about the, the best we can hope for. Yeah, the timeline was, was complete, unadulterated AIDS over the weekend. Um, I want to go back to Mike on Route One here. Um, there's a ton of distasteful options left for, for the last team standing. Uh, what are your what are your power rankings for best options to win the Super Bowl? Okay, uh, the, my first one um, is is the Rams. I, I want the Rams to win it, and uh, there's a reason. And if let's see if you guys can uh, correctly um, handicap my my mental issues. And and, fi- and 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 do you have an idea why I'm rooting for the Rams? I'll tell you. Want you. To see, you want to see Peter Schrager wear Sean McVay's DNA on live air? Sony no. Michelle MVP. That one and and the other the other is Sean, Sean McVay kissed Bill's ass prior to the Super Bowl. That's so true. That 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 is my those are that's the, the reasons I'm rooting for the Rams. Um, he kissed second, the ring. Second, I go I go Niners. I go Niners. Second, Jimmy uh, Bill will have been proven right. Bill wanted Jimmy. This will be two Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, two Super Bowl trips like for for, uh, for the 49ers, and they win one. That's impressive. Then I go Bengals. Not crazy about it, um, but because I don't want the Joe Burrow stuff that that'll bother me. Uh, then, I, as much as I hate it, I put the Packers above the Titans, um, just because mm. my hatred for Rodgers is. is considerable but um i don't want to see the Bra- the Bra- breer kissing Braves ass will set me off then i think it's it really tough between the next two casey and the bills I, I don't begrudge anyone for flipping a coin there um i guess i i guess i would go kansas city I, I above the bills just because i don't want the champs in the division despite the fact it's, it's a very short-sighted take on my part because i i would like the, you know the bills would regress certainly if the, uh, more i think if they won the super bowl and I kind of want that that target on them would be nice, but I, I just I can't do it. They just disgust me, and Allen bothers me um, greatly, and so does the coach. And then, of course, you know we all know who the last team is. Is uh, if Tom gets another one, it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't even I can't even think about it at this point. I'm not I'm not prepared to to think of that, but. That would that would be the worst. Well, would he would certainly. Well, I, go- I hope you understand that it's some sort of Churchillian sum of all fears that's going to happen. Whatever your worst uh, two teams are, are going to be matched up against one another. Of course, yeah. Because that's the only thing that can happen. Yeah. And then, of course, you try and convince yourself that day of the Super Bowl. Well, I don't really have a rooting interest. You yeah. lie to yourself. And then never. Yes. Right. And then uh, yeah. And then then I'm. You know, and then then you're rooting like up and the down. good Nazi. Right. Yeah. And then I'm jumping up <laughs> from, and down for Pat Mahomes from last victory. Year. Oh. 
Yeah, I had I I should you know say from Victory the movie. Not that he's a good Nazi, Mike on Route One. He's not a Nazi at all. <laughs> he has almost no Nazi memorabilia. He's not like uh, you know a certain uh, starting pitcher that we could name. <laughs> Speaking gotta, of all his stuff is from the Kriegsmarine. That was the least not so fine entire. I, I digress. There were conscripts. There were conscripts. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I'm I'm pushing the Titans up a little bit higher on my list because Coach Vrabes, as part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, I think that's I think that's something that's got to be force fed down the gullet of some of these mediates that refuse to. Uh, to embrace Coach Braves as a part of the Belichick coaching tree. Yeah, the pretzel logic that will be applied there. You know, Mike is right. Uh, Bert will fly that banner for OSU, even though everybody knows that Vrabel came of age as a player at the at the foot of the master. Dan, uh, your rankings uh, for most desirable champions, or is it just, again, a Faustian bargain at this point? Yeah, I don't know if I can go down the, down the line. It's going to be Titans first, then, then Bengals. Uh, I, I suppose Bills and Chiefs and uh, Bucks are down at the bottom of the list. I could I could live with a lamb, the, the Rams. <laughs> um, it's it's so funny that I, I think our problem is we're just too plugged in. You know, all, all of our That's rooting true. interest is is based on take avoidance. I, I kind of long for the days when we were kids when you know no social media, no internet, we didn't know who the sex offenders were or the, or the domestic <laughs> abusers or, you know, on they and were on in the, on they were on. in the press box. That's where they were. <laughs> it's right. A simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're going to, we have yet to just uh, kind of outline a plan, what we're doing going forward. Uh, hopefully we'll be reminiscing. This is the 20th anniversary of a, of uh, the first championship Patriots championship of our lifetimes. And this is the moment that it started. Season. Will attempt a 45-yard field goal to try to tie it. Snap ball down. Kick up on the way, and it is good. It is good. 45 yards. Adam Vinatieri kicks it through the snow, and we're tied at 13. That is truly one of the greatest football games to ever be played. It was the last game at Foxborough Stadium, as everybody knows. The Patriots beat the Raiders 16 to 13 in overtimes. I go back to the 2001 America's game, Mike on route one uh, Brady comes out after halftime. The Patriots are trailing the Raiders 13 to three at halftime. And he says to David Patton, he goes, chief, if you play the best half of your life, I'll play the best half of my life. Uh, they only scored one touchdown under really, really terrible conditions. I mean, that was the game that launched everything we've been seeing for the last two decades. Yeah. I, uh, that was my first season as a season ticket holder. And I went to, uh, I went to the, my first game was the Jets game, uh, the Mo Lewis game. And uh, I ended up uh, a couple of months later, end of October, I was in basic training at uh, Fort Benning School for Boys. And uh, the snow game was my last weekend of basic training. And there wasn't, obviously you couldn't watch TV and things like that. But um, we, uh, we, we had a, someone found a TV in a drop ceiling in an empty barracks room. Um, so we ended up, uh, ended up, I ended up volunteering for like three hours of, of fire guard that night and, uh, watching it in an empty room behind a, behind a foot, behind a wall locker. Um, so that was, that was my, that was that game for me. And, um, it, you couldn't kind of believe it. And there were some, you know, there were some other guys from Boston there and it was just, it was, it was, you couldn't believe it was happening. And it was, I've never been so disappointed to miss anything in my life. Fortunately, I was at the Super Bowl. 
um, a few weeks wow. later, um, which is the greatest moment of my life. Um, and I make slight apologies to wife and offspring, but um, <laughs> it's the greatest moment of my life. I mean, when, when, when you two, you know, came out at halftime, it was the greatest moment, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and it will never be topped. Um, so uh, I have fond memories of it. And even with the, the complicated feelings with the quarterback now, um, you know, that was, that was as fun as it gets. And I, I regret missing that year. Yeah. I didn't see anything after between, um, between, um, uh, the, the Colts road game. And then, um, I caught, a, I caught a bit of, I faked a back injury and went to sick call to watch the, them beat the jets 17, 16 and kept letting people cut in front of me in line at, uh, at sick call. So that was, that was my, my 2001 season. I don't have unfortunately as many fond memories of it, um, as I, as I'd like, but I've watched all the games now. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was the greatest and I don't, that'll never be topped. So. No, it really, I mean, it was, it was 15 years since the 86 Celtics or 14 and a half years since the 86 Celtics had won the title. We went through the Buckner game at Shea, a lot of Red Sox shit, uh, losing bias, uh, losing Reggie Lewis. Scartelli, what do you remember of, about that day? I, I, well, I'll get, I'll get to John and I in a moment, um, but what do you remember about that, that day, that game? That day, that game. I drove from uh, the scenic, you know, you call like Merrimack Valley in Massachusetts down to a friend's house in Rhode Island to watch the game. And by the time I got there, the snow was coming down. It's basically the same area that, uh, that the old uh, Foxborough stadium was in. So I, I knew that it was that the conditions were miserable and just getting worse. Yep. And it was one of those things where you're, you're watching it and things are happening and we're so close at this. It, one of those things where you're going, if we can just win this game, we're going to win it all. Yeah. And then came, then came Woodson clanging into Brady, the balls on the ground, they call a fumble and you know, the, 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 you know, munificent hand of fate intervenes and correctly calls that rule correctly calls the tuck rule. And from, and the, the Raiders, you know, Bless their black little hearts. They just gave up. They were unable to do a damn thing the rest of the game because they thought that they had uh, won the game the minute the ball hit the ground. And that's, that's just too bad for them. And it was after that, it was, you know, the uh, 1980 hockey team beat the Soviets and it was just a matter of getting past the Finns. It's a hundred percent. I remember that day very well, uh, Dan. We talked about it earlier. It's like uh, you were living, you weren't living in New England at the time. What were your memories of that game that night? You know, I think about that whole season was one of just confounding our expectations. We'd never seen them win like this. And one of those things was Brady winning with parts that were deemed uh, not good enough for Drew Bledsoe to win. Yeah. And so the, uh, another thing that confounded our expectations was here was this snow game and we were expecting it to be this gr grinded out. Granted, the score was that low, but he had a tremendous passing game. That was the first time we'd started to realize, oh, yeah, everyone you know, in this room knows how many catches Jermaine Wiggins had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jermaine Wiggins rise, rising uh, up and, and David Patton, the, the, the pass that got past one and, and was caught by the other just just a beautiful, tremendous game. That was that was when you start really, really believing this team could do something in that in the playoffs. Brady had 312 yards passing that game. I'm I know that from memory. Um, the Raiders bitching for the past two decades has been glorious. 
they had Zach Crockett third and one. The Raiders are one of the best rushing teams in football. They couldn't convert a third and one. They couldn't get a single stop on the Patriots. Uh, well, they held the Patriots to a long field goal attempt, but that game was OVA over the minute that Vinatieri tied the game with the clip we just played from the great Gil Santos. May he rest in peace. John, I, 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 what are your memories of uh, January 19th, 2002? <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, we're recording this on what is, I don't know if you called that out at the very beginning, Mike. We're recording it on the, the exact the 20th, 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary, correct. Yeah, which is really cool. And um, I just want to borrow off of one thing Dan said. In today's kind of nomenclature, Brady did that all without his WR1 Terry Glenn. Right. Um, That's right. You know, uh, I mean, can you imagine the way the mediates would have covered the Glenn fiasco uh, and and poor Tom, you know, suffering without that huge weapon on the outside that Terry Glenn was? I mean, give me a break. But I digress. Let's talk about that night. Um, Like everybody, vivid memories of it, uh, watching it in Portland. Um, You know, you and I talking uh, because you were still obviously back home and I was on the West Coast and. the the I will always give you credit as much as you'd love to dog me for my Bledsoe affections, um, and I, I will always give you credit because early in that season when I wasn't able to watch the games because this was in the the you know the dark ages of two thousand one before I, I don't even know if Direct TV I wasn't springing for Direct TV let's put it that way you're not the, springing the, for it now I mean why would you do it then <laughs> so, um, you know you were telling me. The, the offense just clicks better with Brady and I didn't understand it because I wasn't watching it. Uh, but certainly that night I understood it. And I love what you said, Dan, about he was doing it with spare parts that weren't good enough for blood. So they were five and 11 the year before. And, you know, the way Brady made that offense move. And, you know, we were talking about this on text uh, earlier, the, on the group chat, the, the, I will go to my grave thinking the single greatest management de- hit decision in the history of management yes. is Bill Belichick sticking with Tom Brady when Bledsoe got healthy, when I think 90% of NFL coaches at least would have gone back to Bledsoe, given the media pressure and the salary that Bledsoe was carrying. He had just gotten the contract from Kraft. All of the cards were in the favor of going back to Bledsoe and giving him his job back. And Bill Belichick, who was, you know, kind of a, a coach on the hot seat, right? He wasn't Bill Belichick, you know, greatest coach of all time in any Correct. sport ever. He was failed Cleveland coach. Maybe he's only good enough to be a coordinator, Bill Belichick. And he sticks with Brady and they win the goddamn Super Bowl. I mean, it is just, it is such a ride. And, you know, 20 years of gravy on top of that, you know, on top of that moment, it's, it's been, you know, just, it's just been such a joy. But yeah, 20 years ago today, unbelievable. I'll say well, this. I, I can say, well, if I might interject, uh, of course. two things. One, uh, John, you're saying that you weren't here, so you didn't understand what, why uh, they were you know, so big on this Brady kid. Half of, you know, so much of the Boston media was here and didn't see it, which yeah. makes no damn sense whatsoever. Yeah. And, and secondly, the uh, calls between you and Mike, was there a Watts line involved? <laughs> <laughs> May or may not have included a Nextel Scartelli. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Oh, yeah, you did have that Nextel. I hated that goddamn thing. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here. I, I, we don't have a demographic under 40, so everybody gets our jokes there on that. Um, I will say that Drew still is looking forward to the chance to competing 
for his yeah. job. The 2001 Patriots, the postseason especially, they were a complimentary football masterpiece. They scored three touchdowns on offense, as I referenced earlier. They had three touchdowns on defense and special teams too. Obviously, the infamous, the famous Ty Law pick six in the Super Bowl off of Kurt Warner. Uh, the punt, punt return from Troy Brown in the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh and the blocked kick in the lateral from Troy Brown to Antoine Harris in that game that really kind of sealed the deal for the, or sealed the, uh, the fate for the Steelers in that game. I remember that day very well. I was living probably 10 miles from, uh, from the old dump uh, as the crow flies and it started snowing around 4 p.m. And in a great bit of blood sowing decision-making, I did not go to the game and instead <laughs> Uh, it channeled me in a Florida, in inner California bill thinking it'd be too hard to get to and from the stadium and sitting in a, in a snowstorm for a couple hours, but, uh, it was good. We had a, you're back. You had to worry about your uh, back. Yeah. My arm, I think it's broken. Uh, but we had a bunch of the guys we grew up with together watching the game and it, it actually became, you know, everyone watched the game where they were that night, because clearly we all have an effect on the game, you know, us sitting in, you know, miles away from the stadium a little bit of we weren't superstitious but let's just say we were a little bit stitious uh, when it comes to that so we'll talk the 2001 um we'll revisit the 2001 season over the next couple of weeks scartelli we have the the hagee the annual debunking of the drew bledsoe savior hagiography game in the uh the 01 championship game at heinz stadium um but yeah we'll get to that uh i we have a couple of <laughs> listener emails this week um i want to revisit uh, last week's brilliant open that you guys did <laughs> for the podcast uh, with an homage to mash the it's spun in um i'm fine everybody i actually had people direct message me john had people reach out to him <laughs> regarding my well-being so thank you i'm fine i the puget sound allowed for a soft language thank you very much um god bless the coast guard i feel i feel Arcella like water navy i feel like I, like me and dan and scarcy are like it's kind of like a some dystopian movie where like rock and roll has been outlawed and we like had too much fun and now we're learning the consequences <laughs> of that beat. We kind of butterfly affected the, the loss. So I you know, I apologize. I, I will say I, as soon as I heard Scarcy, put your mask on in the music. I mean, that was that was fucking beautiful. Well done. By oh, you no, guys. no, no, no. You, you can't blame us. We need to blame Mike <laughs> for again deciding I want a podcast right after the game. No, <laughs> yes. you say that and they lose. It's a, oh, it, can you imagine the direct what that podcast would have the been direct line? <laughs> it was. I would have been Ron Burgundy drinking milk, making fart noises with my mouth after that game. For Christ's sake, I was. I was too busy tweeting at uh, at uh, young Lukey Russert. <laughs> oh God, I that might have been. That might have been a uh, a. Uh, I might have been under the influence of that one. Oh, my say. God. We're, that we're that, the, that guy makes Burt Breer look like a bootstrapper. <laughs> yeah, he does. He d- agreed. Mike, forget the about Lukey. That, that puts him, the bills, at the at the last of the rankings. <laughs> anything that makes Luca happy. Mike, Mike, was the acronym D-I-A-F somehow I, tweeted at little Lukey? Uh, I think I told him I told him his father took noose because he, uh, he didn't want to be around anymore. Oh, <laughs> God. I would yeah. say that Western New York and Buffalo in particular is a factory of sadness, but everybody knows all the factories are closed in Western New York. So that doesn't really matter. Our first, <laughs> e- our first email is from an old friend governed by fear. Um, it's been a while. He couldn't listen to another episode without popping out of the casket, like the undertaker coming back for the dead. Um, he unfortunately is vouching. He vouches wholeheartedly for entitled town 
and the new additions, particularly the four down segment, give you all the feels of Plaxico Burris smoking coin purse at 2 a.m. being rushed out of the club. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Scarzi. Is that a compliment? He, I, I'm not sure. Shout out <laughs> to Scarzi. as such. Scarzi, he's labeling you the MVP of this season. The other additions of the cast have been great. And he says the show's good. He's still listening. Um, he has a self and social suspension and he, his, this, the PS from governed by fear is indicative of a lot of messages. I just alluded to, I hope all is well, Ironhead. Um, I happy to see how far the show has come hope as well. PSS fuck mittens. There's a sentiment we can all get behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, next email is from uh, Garrett. He's a long time listener. He used to sporadically post on the old Boston sports media watch message board. Uh, Scartelli and Mike on Route 1 talked about how Nick Casario has crazy eyes. Did we ever see those when he worked for the Patriots? Was Bill so controlling that he wouldn't allow Casario to address the media with his crazy eyes? Is this why no one wants to work for Bill? I'll take my answer. Go ahead. I think it's like a get-out situation. (laughs) I think think Bill, like, implanted his consciousness into him perhaps maybe maybe that's what maybe who knows i don't know there's something going on there uh merits further investigation um hell it could be easterby we don't know he said he will take his answer off the air and also rest in peace ironhead we have (laughs) seen casario casario was uh, on the field a lot throwing the ball around maybe he's got a zolak thing we can look off the defense without actually moving his eyes because they're pointing in different directions um so entitled town at gmail.com is the email address. Um, let's go to our final thoughts. Scartelli, I'll start with you. Well, being as it's January and we get into the things that uh, happened in 2021 that we uh, never want to hear again in 2022. And there's a few f- words and phrases that I could be quite happy never having to uh, cross my ears again. Like a uh, off-platform throw <laughs> and... <laughs> Yoffs and <laughs> Tuddy and is that a touchdown? Tiggy. Is that is that a touchdown? A, a Tuddy is apparently a touchdown to I someone think I heard who's Gronk thirteen. That oh, that's disgusting. Oh, it, it it oh it just it just tenses everything up. All the muscles, even the ones that shouldn't tense at the same time, do when I hear that. When I <laughs> hear or see that written down somewhere, and it just it just. You just need to stop doing that for this new calendar year. Thank you. Are we sure that Tutties isn't something that Greg Hill does to his interns that shouldn't be done? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Uh, Mike on Route 1, your final thought. Uh, I, I apologize for not preparing something here. So this is going to be a bit even more stream conscious than usual. But uh, the, the Stephen Belichick thing, again, is um, bill by proxy. You know, when, when things are going well mid-season, um, it was all, you don't think Bill's calling the place. Come on, come on, you, you, you sweet, naive boy. And then when shit goes downhill, it's of course, oh, Steven's calling the place. Oh yeah. He, so who, you can't have it both ways there. The thing that I, I think is, is, is interesting is this, look, they certainly declined, um, defensively as the season went on, um, be it injuries, age. Uh, so I, I you know, I don't know. I think the difference seemed to be was stopping the run as it usually is, I guess. But um, the, I just can't believe that the defense needs to be completely and totally overhauled. You know, I, I sound like red here. Uh, you know, we, we got Barmore one or two little moves. We're ready to go. You know, that's, that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. It's, 
it's they, they had you know they were pretty good in points allowed. <laughs> they were pretty near the top of the league, and just because they kind of shit the bed over the last few weeks, I don't think you know anybody who thinks they're thirty points worse than the Bills is just like, come on, you don't think they're going to figure stuff out? Of course they are. Um, you know whether or not they're in the Super Bowl next year, you know maybe not. But I just think I would. I think everybody's overreacting to the last thing they saw to an insane degree on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they need to get younger. I don't know how much uh, Hightower. McCourty have left necessarily. Um, you know, I don't know if Van Noy is, is a long-term solution. Probably not, but it's not, I, I, I don't see the dire um, need. They're just going to revamp like they always do. And, and yeah, maybe they need to get quicker sideline to sideline. I think that's, yep. that's fair. But I think you, even without the last couple of weeks, that was a thing that needed to happen. So um, whatever, I, I, I think everybody's overreacting to the, to the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball, as you know, I'm completely bullish uh, on the quarterback, and I think uh, he's going to be even better next year, even without um, a, a wide receiver one eating up a significant portion of the cap. I'd be remiss if I didn't give a, a belated, because I was off last week, a belated fuck you to Dan Staley and the L.A. Chargers for absolutely making a pig's breakfast of the analytics. I'll throw it to Dan um, for your final thought. It's, it seems like I might be trampolining off of your thoughts or at least stepping on them. That was my cousin, Brandon. That's right. That's right. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> we, we, we talked about it at, at Thanksgiving. Um, but hey, first, I want to call out um, uh, old friend Pat67 on Twitter. There was, there was some back and forth with Bill's fans going on when um, Alan did the fake handoff and then threw the long, long bomb for, uh, I don't know how long it was, but the bomb for Dawson Knox and, and so there were Bills fans going on saying, oh, now how do you feel about running up the score now, Patriots fans? And Pat67 came on and said, I welcome it. I want this defense to be punished. <laughs> it was ugly. It was ugly Saturday. No, no two ways about it. Before I throw it to, to you, John, for two. Uh, oh, go ahead. That was just, that wasn't it. Go ahead. I had one more. Um, my final thought. Um, my YouTube algorithm keeps sending me NBC Sports Boston clips. So one came up for me today. It was Michael Felger and Albert Breer and Ted Johnson from a couple nights ago. Oh, now <laughs> already that's enough of a deterrent. But I, but I thought, well, this ought to be fun, and, and sure enough, it was. So I watched the whole nine-minute segment, and and I wanted to mention it here because it's such a microcosm of what's wrong with Boston sports media. the The Patriots got knocked out, losing in embarrassing fashion, and. But still, you know, on the whole, a pretty successful year, especially guiding a team to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So in this segment, every single talking point crafted by Filger was seeking the negative slant. Belichick still coaching the Patriots going forward. How confident should we be in him? Uh, Belichick still coaches a team like he has Brady and a great defense. This is that his uh, he's gotten too conservative narrative. What should be the confidence level in Mac Jones? Bill always, always drafts size over speed. Can he evolve his thinking? Bert follows that up with his typically, uh, his typically mealy-mouthed analysis. He said, if they have the sort of offseason they had this year, then I think you got a lot to be optimistic about. Well, immediately you're thinking, well, of course they're not going to have the same sort of offseason. They don't have all the cap room, so <laughs> I guess we don't have that much to be optimistic about going in. Um, Bert thinks Mac could be a good player, but he's not convinced he could be a great player. And, and just like 
Curran, like you mentioned before, Bert brings up Andy Dalton as the comp, you know, the, the whole idea of let's, let's come up with a comp that's going to tick off the base the most. He says their rookie seasons are oddly comparable, but they're not given that Jones completed 68% of his passes. He questions Bert's, uh, he questions Max ceiling. He said, uh, you have to ask how much more is there, but then he had this gem. I think they can win with him while he's on his rookie contract. My concern is for three or four years now from now, Jesus. who who cares? <laughs> they want a Super Bowl. Who cares? Yeah. Right. How long do they think a rookie contract is? Which <laughs> of these three do you think was the most brain damaged? I think is the real question here. Cartelli, don't you know that Burt covers the whole league in urine? Bro. <laughs> Dan, I'll jump in here. This is Breer dancing for Felger on NBC AIDS Boston tonight. Bill Belichick was also asked today, and I'm paraphrasing, the assumption is next year you'll be back leading this team next year, and he said that assumption is correct. So <laughs> Bill Belichick, you know, still <laughs> coaching the Patriots going forward. How confident should we be in that, Burt, going forward? Well, you know, I think if they had the sort of offseason they did this year, then, you know, I think you've got a lot to be optimistic about. And I felt all along that it was going to be a two-offseason rebuilding job. I think I have a lower opinion than most people do of where the roster was last year. I think it was one of the 10 worst rosters. In all I'll stop it right there. Bert thinks it's one of the 10 worst rosters in the league, Dan. Finish your final thought. I'm sorry about that. No, that's all right. Needed to be played. I had to finish out with Ted. Ted Johnson's out of his depth. Depth mm -hmm. not so seen, seasoned as Felger and Breer are in adding the nuance to the talking points. So he stakes out the familiar territory. He says Bill's too conservative. Uh, Mac has a definite ceiling. Uh, you got to give Mac weapons, though. But I, I like this one. Ted said, you better get more dynamic playmakers. And Bill's never been a big fan of that. Bill's not a fan of having dynamic playmakers. Finally, he said, Bill's Belichick's out of touch. I think it's clearly shown that his stubborn kind of way of doing things. He won a Super Bowl with it in 2018 doing that way. But right now, in 2021, that old school fighting in a phone booth, running with two backs, that's a thing of the past. So overall, no confidence in Belichick, no confidence in Mac. You got to worry about Mac in three years. Pats need weapons. Bill hates weapons. Bill can't evolve, and Bill's out of touch. It's, it's almost like the Patriots didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> CTE is very real, kids. Uh, pay attention to the dangers. Uh, John, your final thoughts. I, 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 I'm still shaking my head over Ted Johnson and, and fucking Breer. Uh, John, your them, final thoughts. All of them. All of them. They're all pathetic. But uh, two quick ones and kind of piggybacking on what's been said. I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast has to be reminded that this team uh, at least met expectations, if not exceeded expectations. Right. I think it. You know, coming off of last year with the amount of changes they made with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones did things that few, if any, rookie quarterbacks have ever done, uh, at least in the last 20 years or so. Uh, the last rookie QB to win a, a playoff game, you got to go back, what, 10 years uh, for that, when, for the last time that's happened. I mean, these are these are things that are hard to do in the NFL. Winning is hard. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Patriots had a very good season. They've got a good foundation to build on. I don't know how. You know, we are going to be gaslit and lied to by a bunch of assholes uh, in the coming months about how miserable the situation is. I refuse to go there. I am very optimistic and very positive on where this team is. I'm already looking forward to next season. I think a lot of the guys we saw, especially the younger guys, are going to be significantly better in year two. And I'm looking forward to that. Last thing I'm going to say, though, at the risk of, of kind of disturbing the row of chairs that we often are, 
I am not putting Tom Brady at the bottom of my list on Super Bowl wish casting here. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, too many good memories. The fact that I am watching what I think is the absolute personification of excellence uh, as a competitor, uh, as a quarterback, when he's gone, he's gone forever. I'm still enjoying it. It's easier to enjoy it now that we have Mac. It's like a relationship. You know, you've, you, you were with this, this beautiful woman. You know, things went sideways. She went her separate way. And now you're with another beautiful woman. She's younger. You know, you don't have the collective memories together, but you feel good about building them. That's how I'm feeling with Mac. But I'm happy for my ex. I am happy she's having success in Tampa Bay. I can't root against her. I'm not going to let those mediates with their narratives interrupt my my pleasure at watching Tom Brady. There, I've said it. I know I'm in the minority here, but I'm very, very comfortable with this one. I'm going to do my best to sap your enjoyment out of watching Brady in the playoffs this year, John. I promise you that. <laughs> a couple of things from my final thoughts. I'm really... So, so, hold on a second. So in this scenario, Brady is Bridget Moynihan? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well played, Dan. Well played. Um, a, couple of, a couple of things from my final thoughts. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see how many jobs Greg Bedard is going to be the front runner to, for, to take over as general manager. Perhaps the Raiders would be fitting considering he was compared to Mike Mayock and his first term in Vegas somewhat truncated. So maybe Greg could have his triumphant return to the desert and all the splendor he can have at the, uh, the Bellagio buffet. Um, I want to, I want to give a, a, a acknowledge Dan Kelly on Twitter. He's at Dan Kelly 66. Um, he, I bookmarked this tweet and I wanted to read this. Here's the thing about being an optimistic sports fan. For example, this is Saturday now. As a Patriots fan, I was pretty miserable for a few hours last night. Some Patriots managed, some Patriots fans managed to be miserable for the majority of the season. Seems less fun to me. Agreed. Another reason why this podcast exists. I'm I'm miserable, but not for the reasons he thinks. Fair, fair enough, Mike. I'm miserable because I love the team. That's uh, it's agreed. Agreed. I think that same goes for all of us. Um, I was very, very, very jealous of not being able to come on last week. In talking about the Squish the Fish game, January 12th, 1986, a day that will live in history. By the way, the Patriots also won a year later, the uh, the last game ever played in that, that godforsaken Orange Bowl, a Monday night game that knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs and had the Patriots win the division. The Patriots or Don have, Shula. Fuck Don Shula with a rusty <laughs> trombone. Uh, and, his, and his offspring and his steakhouse. Um, I'm a little ambivalent about my feelings for Shula, as you can tell. Uh, the Patriots won that game 31 to 14. It was not that close. The Patriots had more rushing yards in that game than Marino had passing yards, which will forever um, not fail to not fail to make me happy. Marino never made another Super Bowl despite then they lost 38 to 16 the year before to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. they, he was getting uh, Marino was getting filleted by mm -hmm. the broadcaster. Oh, he'll be back. No, he won't. And in Dan Marino's final game. Was a 62 to 7 loss in the wild card round of the Jacksonville Jaguars, an ignominious and deserved ending for uh, to Dan Marino's career. And oh, if only Don Shula was on the sideline to enjoy that, uh, it was Jimmy Johnson. Uh, entitledtown at gmail.com, as I previously stated, is our email address. Scartelli is the uh, editor in chief and liaison of the 15net.com and the purveyor of the sports drunk draw. Mike, thank is you to Steve R for listening this long. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, Mike on route one is at in this town one Dan is at Patriots daily John is at that John irons um, I'm spinning in I am well uh, my name is Mike irons 
And thank you for listening. Downroad, rate, subscribe, and skewer. I don't know why I said download. I'm channeling my inner Framingham, Matt. But as always, <laughs> turn off, turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. You got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Thank you.